Hey folks, just a quick little note before we begin the show. Um, this episode and the next few were recorded uh, before uh, the tragedy with Daphne. Um, so we uh, apologize for that and we will properly talk about Daphne on our next actual recording. Thank you. to a brand new episode of Shimmer Her Story, a women's athletes retrospective podcast. Today we are talking about Shimmer Volume 17. I am your host Stacey and as always I'm joined by my co-host Stephen Graham. How are you Stephen? I'm actually pretty bad because I forgot um, to uh, look up a really bad joke (laughs) and now I'm sad. I am devastated. That's just... <laughs> I forgot I did that because we are now recording on, like, Shimmer's actual schedule of, like, once every six months or whatever. Yeah, I was, yeah my, my first note is that this uh, is six months since the last taping of Shimmer, and it's probably also, like, since six months since we last spoke, so... <laughs> it's actually April, and we're recording in August, so four months. Hmm, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> This uh, this taping actually was in April, the 26th of April, 2008, and uh, this is the first taping of this, I mean, the first show of this taping, I should say. Um, we're back, as always, at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Chicagoland, Illinois. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's been six months since the last taping, so we've, yeah, it's a new year, we're into 2008 now, um, where post the TNA Knockouts division kicking off, um, you know, with Awesome Kong and Gail Kim and all of them. And we actually post uh, cheerleader Melissa starting her run in TNA as uh, Raisha Saeed. I've uh, never seen that. What, Have what? you never seen that? She she was Kong's manager, Raisha Saeed, wearing like a, a niqab. I think oh, it's gosh. a niqab, um, like full – of like Muslim wear, um, yeah, which is just was it horribly racist? I like, I mean, it was you know wrestling ten years ago, so like I assume it was like mild to moderately racist at least. I don't remember a lot about it, like of what she was doing, what she was like, or how they reacted to her. But that's just yeah, yeah, just interesting choice when you have someone like. Melissa, as I'm sure we'll talk about later, who was awesome, and that's what they decided to do with her. But you know, welcome to TNA, as like, always. She's with Kong. Like, imagine how badass that team would have been if they let them be. Yeah, but she was. Yeah, and she wasn't even wrestling really. I think during that run, she was just managing. Kong. <laughs> Can you imagine signing cheerleader Melissa as a manager to not wrestle? Yeah, it's like. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it, it was a constant refrain for a long time. Like, you know, welcome to TNA logic. <laughs> I've just signed Daniel Bryan to AEW. He's going to be exclusively uh, the 10 count guys manager. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like signing CM Punk and then just putting him on your, uh, your network exclusive uh, post-show <laughs> panel. Oh, wait. 
<laughs> you would never do that. <laughs> I'm being I'm being topical right now because as we record this, uh, CM Punk is probably about to show up in AEW. Um, and as you're listening to it, so. he's probably like their champion and has had a four month reign or some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the time we release this, <laughs> so yeah, let's timestamp that. Um, what's fascinating? We talked last show um, about tag teams and. Um, we got a lot more tag matches. We have a lot more debuts. A lot more Canadians <laughs> coming out of here. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, we're in full on like Canadian invasion mode because we got what two or three new ones today. Um, um, there's one on the undercard in a dark match. Oh, I missed the dark match. What was the dark match? Um, so Alice in Danger beat uh, Cat Power. Um, oh, righto. A little dark match. Um, yeah. So. There's another Canadian. I think she's on the next show, Cat Power. Um, but she's only on the dark match on this first show. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, if they brought her in for the taping, you'd assume they'd use her at some point. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, do you want to get into the show? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, the first match here, uh, we have the, uh, the International Home Wrecking Crew. Uh, of Jetta and Rain, managed by Lacey, uh, taking on um, two debuting Canadians, as we alluded to earlier, uh, Danya and uh, Jennifer Blake, um, defeating them at 1236. Um, <laughs> so we love the Minnesota Home Wrecking Crew. Um, how are you feeling about the, the international version? Well, first of all, I... I was feeling some kind of way when they came out because when they came out, they were announced as like as Rain and Jetta teaming, like managed by Lacey. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't get Lacey wrestling. And I was really upset because I didn't actually look at the card before I watched this show. Okay. And so I was really upset for about like two hours <laughs> until I realized Lacey was in a match later in the card. <laughs> and then I was fine. Um, but I was upset when she came out and then wasn't wrestling here, but that's fine. Um, yeah, international. I mean, like it's it's a good fit. Like Jetta is a good fit for them because she is the same, the same kind of heel and really fits in well with this team. Like you know, thematically. Um, I think the issue, and I think it'd be an issue with or without Jetta. It's not, it's not necessarily because of the change, but I think now you're seeing, especially in this match, that. The homewrecking crew, for for how ridiculously heelish they are, they are becoming way too over with the crowd. Um, because the crowd is actually at the point where they love them and, you know, and are enjoying them. And actually, they were cheering them over the, the babyface team in this match. Like, I mean, granted, these are just two jobbers that no one has seen before, um, but... Yeah, I still I feel like the issue at the moment is that the crowd actually loves them too much and they're spending so much time and energy trying to get the crowd to hate them again. Um, <laughs> but I mean, all that all that means is that we get more and more heel antics, uh, you know, from them, which is always good. So yeah, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's what struck me in this match in particular. Yeah, it's it's hard to blame anyone for loving them. Um, so there is that. Look fair. Like, I love them. <laughs> and one thing for sure, uh, with Jetta in there instead of Lacey, is definitely more of a comedic route <laughs> than it was with Lacey. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. 
Yeah, I think Jeddah, like being being English and being brought up on that English style of, you know, a bit like you said, a bit more comedic um, of a heel. Uh, yeah, like I can definitely see that. That's true. Also, um, speaking of uh, being topical, uh, Lacey came out in a red English football kit. Okay. I guess just to you know consolidate the relationship with Jeddah. Um, <laughs> she came out in the in the red English kit, um, which is it's funny because the day that I watched this show was actually the morning that I watched Morning My Time. Um, England, I think I watched them win their semi final of the Euros versus Denmark, and they got into the final. I don't know how interested you are in soccer, but it was a it was a big deal that England finally made the final of something. Um, I, and, then they, and then they wild, lost. I remember because like I don't follow it at all, but like that's all anyone was talking about uh, for sure. Yeah, and then they lost, and it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and then also, and just to bring it back, we're now that was the Euros, which is last month, and now we're in the full swing of the Olympics. And um, I just want to state for the record that Australia has also beaten, well, it was Great Britain in soccer at the Olympics since then. So uh, you know. Get in. Also, uh, congratulations to Canada. Canada's everywhere on the show already. Um, who just made the final of the the women's soccer beating America for like the first time. Yeah, beating America, which again, fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, I say this now. By the time we release this, I'll know whether or not they have beaten us for the bronze medal. So I should probably shut up my mouth. <laughs> but anyway, it is amazing that like ninety. 90- <laughs> six percent of our medals are coming from women and like there's like one men's uh, that won a title at the olympics for us so that's it's, good honestly it's it's the same here we've like we have one uh a swimmer who won um seven medals by herself in the swimming um seven by herself yeah she like she's literally like i think like 12 here's something really on the, sad on the medal tally of like countries you want to she was a country. Really sad. Penny Alexiak yeah. just won her seventh medal in her sem- second Olympics. She is now the most. She has won the most medals of any Canadian at any Olympics, his, like total. Yeah, yeah, she's really good. Yeah, I saw that's that. That's two. Was that's yeah. in two Olympics. She's won seven. That's the most ever yeah. by a Canadian. And this, well, this friggin' person's won seven by themselves in one Olympics. Yeah, she's had she's had good games. Yeah, no. Um. Well, to be fair, she, uh, Emma Emma McKeon um has now won ten medals in total, ten or eleven. Fuck it, I don't know. Ten or eleven, and she is out now our most like decorated Olympian of any sport. Like, so there's not much between them. Like Penny Olesiak's really good. Um. Yeah, Emma McKeon had a really really good swimming meet. I would say um, so. Yeah, but yeah, like literally all of our medals are coming from. From women. It's, yeah, crazy. This is going to be so out of date by the time we release it. <laughs> the Olympics? What is that? <laughs> it's the Winter Olympics just, right just now. What, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I'm sure all our, all our wrestling fan listeners are really, uh, really keen on uh, the Australian and Canadian Olympic tallies. So just uh, you're welcome, uh, everyone, for just giving you these updates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, so this match, um, it was a very traditional um, match where you had the face in peril. Um, Jetta was hilarious getting her hand stomped. 
throughout it. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, there, there was a lot of... Uh, Blake was really good in this. And Blake is someone I used to watch uh, locally um, here. Um, it would have been like four years before <laughs> the Shimmer show, so she would have been quite young at that point. Um, so, so that's... that. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a face in peril, and we, we, we got a lot of cheating by Jetta and Rain, as you expected. Um, at some point, Alice in Danger started talking about Hannah Montana. I don't remember why. <laughs> I don't remember why either. But it there's, was there's a reference for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jetta used Sasha Banks' finisher. Uh, the the bank statement. Like the, the, the... Yeah, the bank statement. Yeah, the bank statement. Yeah. So that... Which, I mean, yeah, to be fair, in 2008, it was, uh, it was Jetta's finish. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was. <laughs> but... Um, but, yeah. Just a solid you, fun, you know, your shimmer opener. But I kind of like that it switched to a tag match because uh, it's a little more exciting than the uh, usual um, Amber O'Neill, Laura Lee uh, opener that we get. Yeah, no, true. And yeah, like you said, yeah, it was different to open with a tag match. I like that. And to open with the, the home wrecking crew as well, because I think it at least gave us a really hot start um, in terms of the crowd. Like I said, even if the crowd is actually cheering for them, but that's, you know, a separate issue. Um, I like how randomly at the start of the match, um, Jennifer Blake uh, just decided to just throw Rain outside, put her on a chair, and just do, like, a running drop kick like, <laughs> out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she just got immediately taken over and then, like, started the heat. And I was like, okay. She just wanted to get that drop kick in. She wanted a Samoa um, Joe tribute. Yeah. And then... And then Danya, like Danya was like, she's very tall and and strong. Like she was more like a more coordinated Nikki Rocks kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then like you said, I yeah, I didn't really have much else to add about this. It was just yeah, a decent shimmer opener. Um, yeah, that the heels won and. Yeah, and now we have two new people on our radar, Danya and Jennifer Blake. Yeah. And moving on to the next match, we have another debuting wrestler, uh, Shark Girl, um, who defeated uh, Nicole Matthews in 659. Um, man, so many new wrestlers oh. on this show. Yeah, yeah. i tell you what. And um, uh, once again, I did not read uh, the card before I watched the show. I went in cold. And... So, well, first of all, first of all, before I get into Shark Girl, Nicole Matthews came out. Her new entrance music is a pop punk cover of Toxic by Britney Spears. (laughs) So she is shot way up, way, way up in the music rankings. (laughs) Can I just say? I marked. Um, And then Shark Girl comes out. And I swear to God, I looked at her and I was like, those pigtails make her look like Daphne. <laughs> and then about 30 seconds later, I was like, what if fucking is Daphne? <laughs> it is Daphne. Like, great. So yes, like spoilers, Shark Girl is the uh, former and and future Daphne. Um, so then been I repackaged. Been repackaged as Shark Girl. And I like, and then, so it's just sort of hit me that I was like, oh, fucking... It's fucking Daphne. Like, okay. 
and then and then the match starts. And then she just immediately bites Nicole Matthews on the head. <laughs> and then she and then Shark Girl does a hammerlock and then behind the referee's back bites her hand in the hammerlock <laughs> where the ref cuts it. And I just like so immediately I already like Shark Girl so much better than Daphne. <laughs> yeah, she's automatically a comedy gimmick, which she can do that well. Yeah, and like she, like she already was, like Daphne already did a lot of like, co- like lighthearted comedy stuff, like especially when she was wrestling, um, you know, to get through her matches and stuff. But like, it's so much better coming from Shark Girl than it is coming from Daphne, if that makes sense. Because Daphne yeah. with the screaming and the, she, like, she just came off really super annoying. Mm. Yeah. But Shark Girl is just it actually it's a lot more fun. Um, there was a um, in the in that beginning part when they were doing the biting and stuff. Um, uh, Nicole Matthews must have been like pulling it, pulling at the mask, pulling at her hair, and then someone in the crowd yelled out, "She's she's pulling the fin! <laughs> she's holding the fin!" <laughs> you know another great moment like that. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites is she was like choking Shark Girl. And the referee's like questioning her, and she says, "I can't choke her out. She's a fish." <laughs> she has exactly, and actually, and also on that, um, I think my favorite part of this match was Allison Danger sitting there in commentary, like trying to like full on deadpan, seriously discussing the perils of fighting a literal shark. <laughs> 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 Like, how would you wrestle a shark, you know, and she's going through it and, like, just full deadpan. And I was like, yeah, this rules. Like, this rules. It's so much so much better than watching Daphne wrestle. Like, I can't even – I can't even begin. Um, Nicole yeah. Matthews is still, like, pretty young and inexperienced here, but she looks like a fucking vet already. Like, she handles she, herself so yeah. well. Yeah, she does. And this was, like – it was a good role for her to, like, to be – the straight man in this like just and just be the frustrated heel like trying to deal with you know to deal with her like so yeah and I think a good spot because obviously Nicole Matthews has just come in um like you said she's still really young um probably a good spot for her to have these kind of undercard matches um before I guess she hooks up with Portia Perez again in the future um she's been wrestling for two years at this point yeah see super young like but yeah like you said she already looks so good um, yeah, and then, and just, and also, by the way, so we get through this match, like, Nicole Matthews got, like, a little bit of heat, but not much, like, it was a pretty quick match, I feel, um, and then she misses, I think Nicole Matthews missed the, um, the old Victoria flip over the, the top rope into the leg drop move, um, she, she ate that, and then Shark Girl, uh, came back by immediately biting again. She bit her <laughs> on the ass. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then and then she starts doing like the matrix and the Tez press and just in full on like Trish Stratus mode. And it just who the fuck is this? Where has this Daphne been? Like <laughs> this whole time. Like it just I am just flummoxed by this match, but in a good way because yeah. like I like I said I enjoy Shark Girl so much more than Daphne, and I did not hate this at all. So, and she won, and Shark Girl wins the match. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And go ahead. You know what? I just, I was just thinking too. Like speaking of lol TNA, um, obviously there was Shark Boy in TNA, um, for quite a few years, 
And Daphne was in TNA for quite a few years. I'm wondering if they ever actually had Shark Boy and Shark Girl team up in TNA or exist at the same time because I don't remember that happening and I feel like that would be like such a lol TNA thing to do is to have them both and then not actually have them at the same time in the same show and like together so Shark Girl only appeared in the Indies in Shimmer and like Shakara She, she never appeared as Shark Girl on TNA Right, even though they literally had Shark Boy yes. at the same time. She did tag once and... with the yellow dog. Right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, once again, uh, you know, lol TNA, but that's that's a different story, a different company. But yeah, so this yeah, this was fun and I didn't hate it and she needs to remain Shark Girl. Yeah. Um or yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we get another uh, tag match here. Uh, up next, we have uh, the experience. Lexi Fife and Malia Hosaka defeating um, Ashley Lane, uh, Madison Rain, uh, and Navaya uh, at 10-14 uh, in a- another fun tag match. Uh, more, um, we've seen a couple of tag matches now out of Lane and Navaya, so that's cool. They're developing chemistry. I think they got referred to um, or we at least got a mention of Strike Force, so that that got me excited because <laughs> big old Strike Force Mark. Um, and this was another match like the opener. We had the uh, we had the facing peril. We had um, the 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 veterans um, kind of cheating and distracting the ref and doing all that fun stuff. Um, sadly, we got Lexi botching something that looked like she almost fucking killed Ashley Lane. So that wasn't good. Um, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like, I I wrote that down. She hit some sort of gut wrench fuck you up on Ashley Lane. Like, that looked like it sucked. Like, it, it sort of, it looked good in the sense that it looked like it would have hurt, but, like, it also looked like she fucked it up, and it was pretty scary for a second. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then uh, a distraction, and it was like a, a double pedigree or double gourd buster or something, but uh, the experience there uh, to uh, to gain another another solid tag win for them, uh, making their case to be the first tag team champions. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think we're still sort of slowly, kind of just not in like not in a holding pattern. I wouldn't go as like because it sounds a bit negative, but like the tag teams are just kind of plugging away, just sort of waiting. For tag belts, it feels like at this point, I'm not sure how far away they are in the future, but it feels like um, something they should probably introduce soon just to give the tag teams a bit of direction. Because, like, like, you know, they talk about it, you know, like Ashley Lane, she initially came in teaming with someone else and then she, you know, she lost whatever match that was. So now she has Nevea as her partner and, you know, trying to put together this tag team, like it seems like. And, and you have the experience you know, have, that they've said, you know, have only lost one tag match this whole time, um, you know, and then you have obviously the Home Wrecking Crew, pretty big tag team, and then you have other tag teams trying to form, you know, as we'll see later in the show. So it just, it feels like it's building, and then they actually just need to um, bite the bullet and get some tag belts in so, so they can fight over something, you know, to give them something to aim for. Yeah. Um, that looks like volume 21. 
That's what we get back. 21. Okay, well, we're not too far away then, so that's that's a good sign. Because, like I said, it sort of it feels like it, they're due um, to, yeah, to develop this tag division. Um, yeah, so interesting. I uh, Like, there was a few little things that I really liked about this match, like in, in the micro. Because, first of all, before they even started the match, um, the heels kept stalling uh for the start of the match by like changing the corner that they wanted to stand yeah. in they'd go to the corner and so the baby faces would go to the opposite corner but then the heels would be like no and they'd walk across and go to the other corner to, to force them to move again and and just having this like back and forth for a second just to stall and like be dicks and i was like i like i literally don't think i've ever seen anyone do that before like which you know in in wrestling if you see something like that that's like clever and works and you just like how has no one thought of this before like it's just you know so i think the experience are really are really good for stuff like that um obviously because they have the bang bang experience to to know how to do these tricks so yeah i really enjoyed that and i think the the thing i enjoyed most about this match was once again i think i keep saying this about her malia hasaka mm-hmm. um she somehow always manages to be the most interesting person in their matches um just just little things with her like she she was wrestling one of them and ended up getting pinned and as soon as she got covered she immediately just like yanked the hair and just tossed them off her you know like no like you're not gonna pin me like just full-on yank her away and and then just bails out of the ring as well like just full-on dick mode all the time and there was just a nice little little thing i noticed like um, oh yeah, I also popped because uh, Malia Hosaka during the match used uh, the claw, <laughs> the full-on Von Erich stomach claw. Yeah. Or who did the stomach claw? Killer Kowalski. Killer Kowalski. Um, yeah. And the and also the Kali, the great Kali choke where she like lifts them up in the air by the throat. <laughs> like so, I popped. I kept popping for these moves, and then. The other thing about Hasaka, so there was a point in the mats match where she got Sunset Flip this time into a pin and immediately just, like, rakes her boots in the eyes of um, whoever it was to break it up. So, again, she's just like, fuck off, you're not going to pin me. Um, go away. And then right at the end, when they're building to the hot tag, um, she gets Sunset Flipped again. And, again, just, like, boots are, boots are in the face straight away. This is Ashley Lane, I should say. Boots actually in the face straight away, and then they roll out. And Ashley Lane rolled out of the sunset flip, like straight into the hot tag, like straight into the corner, and then boom, hot tag. So it was actually a really clever way to get to it. So I like that about it. Um, like like Nevea was fine. Like she did hit a kick and fall over during her um, <laughs> hot tag, but apart from that, like she looked, you know, she looked fine. She did a job. I. The thing is though, I fucking hated the finish. It was so stupid. Because it was one of those finishes where, in order for it to work, the baby face looks like an idiot because she has to stand there and take the ref and argue with the ref for like an hour while the heels come in and hit a double team. And it's just, it was was one of those really blatant ones, like so bad. It made. This is the um, second time we've said that about the experience. Yeah, they've, they've, like, I feel like if there's one thing, they really need to work on these finishes because they just. They can't seem to come up with anything better than just the babyface 
takes the ref for no reason to help. Like, it looks like she's helping them win. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's at that point where it's that bad. So it just, yeah, they need to come up with some better finishes because this made um, Madison look so fucking stupid. Um, and, and, I was, and I really enjoyed the match up to that point, which is also an annoying part about it. So, yeah, I, I, it was a good match. I really enjoy, like, I feel like I'm enjoying the experience sort of, Every, every time out, like I said, especially Malia Hasaka, like just puts in these little little things in matches that I find really interesting. Um, but yeah, and then just the finish brought me down. Well, the next match had a much better finish. I, <laughs> as we got Amber O'Neill defeating Lorelai Lee in this feud that will never go away at 535. Um <laughs> <laughs> they, they showed a they showed a replay from their last match. <laughs> I know. Like, did you ever think, first of all, that Lorelai Lee would return, and second of all, that like she'd be in a feud with Andrew O'Neill? <laughs> Look, I I cannot say either of those things. So. <laughs> like, I thought she was gone forever. I had no idea she would ever return, but here she is. It, it really didn't feel like it did it, and then she came back like. She's come back basically like exactly the same, and now yeah. she's just back. You know what I mean? Like two years later, it's just she hasn't it's improved. so weird. She hasn't got pushed up the card. She's just she's, still there. She has changed. Like you know what I mean? She's just there, there back being Lorelai Lee. It's just the weirdest thing. And now we get a replay of their, you know, barn burner of a opener from the last show. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that Lorelai Lee won. So we actually have. First of all, we have Amber O'Neill not in the opener. Yeah. You know, the, you know. Um, well, this hot you know, the rematch, time... you can't have it at starting the show. Well, exactly. This this is like a rematch. So, you know, it's got some juice into it. You know the last time Amber O'Neill wasn't in the opener? Oh, God. No it was, idea. It was, volume, it was volume 13. So, like, Seriously? five shows ago. Yeah. <laughs> And probably about two years ago, chronologically. So <laughs> at least, yeah, she is moving on up, um, and she's pumped. She's out for revenge uh, after losing their first so match. So much so she um, sneaks attacks her before the match. Yeah, full on jump start sneak attacked her after Lorelai came out. This shit is on, and then all of a sudden, like, what in the fucking Rey Mysterio is this? Because we suddenly get like Lucha Lee. <laughs> Running around, diving everywhere. <laughs> Out of she, nowhere. She did my favorite thing I've ever seen, where she she had um she had Amber in the corner, and she went for like the cartwheel back elbow, but she did like too many flips, and so she just like did a backhand at the end because she, she like completely oh mistimed it. I was like, I was like, I'm like the saga of Lorelai Lee versus this backhand spring. Elba is just amazing because she remember I don't know if you remember the first one she ever did was like so bad that I like popped um and then she came back and actually did one and hit it and nailed it and I was like so proud of her and then now she did this one and then she fucked it up again and then so she like she did the flips and then ended up back on her feet and then was just like oh and then just turned around and did a forearm <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sweetie. Okay, so we're now 2-1. Uh, um, the handspring is, is defeating her at the moment, 2-1. Um, but, yeah, I just – this is amazing. Also, um, two other things that I fucking popped for. Um, first of all, 
as soon as Lee came out, like Ember and Neil jump started her, but then Lee immediately like immediately like took back over on her and like started doing like dives and and all this sort of shit. And so Amber like threatens to leave and she walks back up like all the way back up the ramp to the curtain. She's threatening to leave and then as they're saying on commentary, like she can't actually leave because she's the one that wanted this match. She needs to get her win back. <laughs> and then you see it like dawning on her that like, oh, I can't actually leave. And then she just sort of like sulks back to the ring. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then like, and then Lorelai continues to like, you know, throw all this shit at her. You know, she like, Lorelai's going up the top, like throwing, hitting drop kicks, you know, to the floor. Like she's landing on her feet you know, off the top, like, just all this shit. And, like, where the hell was this Lorelai Lee? And then, like, they start wrestling, and all of a sudden they just start doing this Eddie Guerrero, D. Malenko pin reversal sequence. <laughs> yes, they did. Out of fucking nowhere. Like, in the middle of this, like, Amber's fired up for a revenge match. Like, yep. <laughs> and then my favorite thing is the ending, because Amber O'Neill, like, does like a backslide bridge thing and like just pins her without any cheating at all. Just like I'm out wrestling yeah. you. <laughs> just wins clean. Like it was just amazing. I actually, you know what? I actually really like the finish because I remember her trying that thing before where she does the backslide and then actually like flips over on it to yeah. create like this like um pin that you can't escape from. I think she tried it before, but it didn't come off, but this time she actually won with it, and I was like, hey, that's a cool finish. And then, like, yeah, you're right. Like, Amber just wins this match clean, which clearly means it's 1-1, and we need the tiebreaker. Oh my god, is there a rematch on volume 18? I don't know. Please. No, not on 18. Hopefully in the future, then, because clearly this feud must continue. Is Laura continue <laughs> after this show? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a great question. Um, but I, yeah, <laughs> as, as, as much as we're laughing about this, and it was like hilarious, um, it actually, I'm sort of happy for them that they gave Amber O'Neill something to do because this whole time, like she's been around the entire time since volume one, she's like always oh in the opener. What? You know who she faces on volume um, 19? Lorelai. Who? Lorelai. <laughs> Amazing con. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That is... I, I have no words for that match. <laughs> now I can't wait to watch volume 19. Now I'm kind of mad that I have to watch 18 first. Oh my god. On 18, wow, she okay. faces... Uh, Nicole Matthews. All right, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Nicole Matthews is the is the warm up for you to face Amazing Kong. Yeah. Um, checks out. Uh, <laughs> and I guess, like I was saying, like it, you know, it's actually good that they gave Amber something to do. She never has anything to do. She literally just wrestles in the opener, and that's it. Like, you know what I mean for five minutes. But she's always there, and you know what I mean. And it's so much worth her while and worth our while watching. If you actually give her a feud, you know, give her a storyline, give her someone to do something with. So that's what I mean. Like, normally we would not care this much about the five-minute Amber O'Neill match, but because it's now this, you know, as ridiculous as it is, this ridiculous, you know, rematch and feud and the things they were doing in the match, like, it actually made it interesting. Yeah. You know, give her something to do. So I really – I like that they did this. Um, 
you know, and it, and it was funny. Um, it so was yeah, funny. I, I hope, I hope someday down the track, no, see, you know what, you know what this is? Laura Ali has to go through Nicole Matthews. She has to go through Amazing Kong to get to the rubber match with Amber O'Neill. Wow. Kong is the warm up. You see, you see how this works. We'll so... see if that plays out. <laughs> Um. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, at least at least they gave him something to do and made it interesting. Like so, yeah, I had a blast watching this at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was enjoyable. Uh, yeah, don't expect a great match, but it was enjoyable. Um, <laughs> so next up we have um, oh Daisy Hayes uh, defeating Cindy Rogers at ten oh four to the bigger hitters uh, here in Shimmer. Um, so before we even get to the match, um, Daisy Hayes, um, they had some great shtick before the match. Uh, Daisy Hayes takes Cinder Rogers' heel jacket, heel leather jacket, and dances around. And it's like ginormous on her, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> and then uh, Cindy throws the flowers away <laughs> as a reaction <laughs> um, to uh, to Daisy. So. So we, we got some fun stuff before the match got me uh, pumped up for this one. Uh, but what did you think of this match? Yeah, this is, I agree. I really enjoyed the, the stuff before the match. Um, yeah, where Daisy puts out the jacket, Cindy chucks the flowers away. But then even after that, there was a whole saga. Like, Cindy chucked the flowers away. Daisy had to go get them. And because the flowers were thrown, the crowd chanted, Daisy's going to kill you. <laughs> for this like this gross offense that she done and then daisy tries to put the the flowers back on the turnbuckle like where she usually puts them but they fall over and then referee bryce rebsberg comes in and and saves them and, and puts them back and then cindy just fucking goes over and wrecks them again <laughs> and then and then daisy said and like i swear to god after that point um they start you know like they're still um, yelling at each other, like circling around, going to start the match. Um, when Cindy was wrecking the flowers, from that point on, Bryce literally put his body between Cindy and the flowers. Like he, like in his mind, he was like, "You are not fucking up these flowers again." Like he had had it with her. It was so funny. But yeah, the, yeah, the whole opening thing before the match was really fun. Um, yeah, and I really like this as a match that I don't think they've ever done yet. No, no, this um, is the first time. It was a first time one, and it was a pretty interesting matchup um, to put on here um, that we hadn't seen before. So that was really cool. And once they came out, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Cindy Rogers vs. Daisy. Like, I can dig that." Um, yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Um, not so good wrestling in this. And then uh, Daisy uh, tweaks the knee, and uh, which naturally lends itself to Cindy going after it and attacking it. So we get lots of uh, leg work from Cindy. Yeah, um, that's really well sold by uh, yeah. Daisy throughout. Yeah, that's like that's Cindy's bread and butter. And Daisy sold really well. She always sells really well. And I also, yeah, I really enjoyed Daisy in this because Daisy is a baby face that will sell her ass off, but also still keep coming back and keep fighting back and keep trying to like, to find an opening like that's the it's a fine line to to walk for a baby face sometimes especially a smaller one um not that um obviously daisy is that much smaller compared to cindy um she is. But, like, did you see her in the jacket well yeah well yeah <laughs> she was tiny in that jacket yeah well so is cindy like the that's true, that's true. <laughs> it's uh, like i think it's 
like that has to be a jacket like somehow like Bret Hart gave her and it's Bret Hart's jacket. So like Well that's you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Ronda Rousey coming out in Roddy Piper's jacket that's like ten sizes too big for her. <laughs> that's true. That's what she looks like, Cindy. So it is a big jacket. I mean I don't you know. But um yeah, so Daisy yeah, when like I mean, no matter who she's facing, like when she's working from underneath, she sells so well, but she also has the right amount of fight in her all the time. Like, and especially in the beginning when Cindy took over, like there was this great moment where Daisy is on her back in the corner, like nowhere to go. And then just somehow manages to like swing her leg around and like kick Cindy, like right in the head and like just sort of finding any way that she can to fight back, you know, while she's doing these things. Like, yeah. So there's really like, and even later in the match, like uh, Daisy gets put in the tree of woe. Um, and then manages to counter whatever Cindy was, was rushing in to do and then just kind of grabs her and then pushes out from upside down into the uh, into the RKO. Yeah. Like just sort of finding any way she can to fight back from the positions that, that she's put in. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Also, uh, Cindy obviously very good on offense, especially targeting a body part. My, uh, yeah, that's her bread. My favorite – yeah, exactly. And my, my favorite little moment from her was uh, – when she she put the the guillotine on um, on Daisy while Daisy was sitting on the ground, and then uh, did the thing where she pushes down on the knees to spread the legs, while like at the same time that she has the headlock on, and which 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 was so good because it looks so good and she's putting this headlock on but also finding a way to like hurt the knee at the same time. Yeah, and the more pre- the more pressure she adds to the knees, like the more Daisy like can't get out of this headlock, like it just you know. So it was really cool. Um, yeah, just really good wrestling. Um, until obviously Daisy makes her big comeback. Um, yeah, she's still obviously she's still selling the the knee. Like she hits her. I think it was a Northern Lights or a Fisherman, some sort of suplex. A German, I have written. A German. Thank you, thank you. German with the bridge, but then she. Uh, she sells the knee because she's like, you know, once she lands on her flat on her feet, she like the pressure was on the knee and then she has to sell the knee big. Um, yeah, but Daisy makes her comeback. And then in the end, um, she gets this counter again, like finding an opening. She counters Sydney into a sunset flip, but instead of sitting down in the sunset flip and hooking the arms with the legs, as you normally do, for a sunset flip, she actually like just leans forward and um and just holds Cindy's you know shoulders down and puts her hands on her shoulders and and holds her down from there and that's how she wins because she didn't she had a you know she had an injured knee so she wasn't gonna use her legs to to put the pressure on she used her arms instead to get the pin which I thought was just fucking genius yeah um so yeah I yeah I really enjoyed this yeah um yeah it's exactly what you would like like. Cindy works the leg. Daisy sells it great. Daisy does neat like counters to try to get back on offense, um, leading leading to that that fun finish that you talked about. Um, uh, and Daisy selling throughout just genius. Even after the match, while she's holding up the flower and the coat, uh, she's still selling the leg <laughs> post match. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all the way to and the back. And, what a chance! Yeah, and that's the thing we should mention too that after the match, uh, Cindy steals the flowers um first of all and then daisy steals cindy's jacket and then um i think cindy eventually like threw the flowers away uh but 
uh, so Daisy ended up with both her flowers back and the jacket. Um, so like the fact that they did all that stuff and then Daisy walked off with her jacket, like it, it felt like the beginning of a feud. Um, like it feels like something they can clearly go back to and, and start developing, which I really like the idea of that. So hopefully they do, um, do continue this. Yeah, that, that would be fun. I, I think they, they, they could develop into something for sure. Um, but next up, we have the first match that uh, um, I ended up putting on my database because it fucking ruled so much. Um, Ariel defeats Amazing Khan by disqualification at 8.34. Um, man, um, let me just go into this match because it fucking ruled you, so much. You, you do it. I can so first of all, Kong is super over. Because she's fucking Kong. That <laughs> that's the that's the exact first line I had to. <laughs> <laughs> she was. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh man, just uh, I have so many explanation points and caps locks here. Um, <laughs> but we have fucking Kong lariating Ariel over the top rope, just brutal, just throwing her into the guardrails, throwing her into chairs. Um, Ariel is so beaten up from all of this that she can barely get in the ring. Um, Ariel, when they're back in and she kind of recoups, she goes for a test of strength, but because Kong's so tall, she just kind of laughs at her because, like, Ariel can't reach her. Um, so, so Ariel goes to the second rope to do a test of strength, because then she's tall enough. Uh, and then she, she kicks her in the stomach and does a flying forearm, but, um, Kong is too awesome and just crushes her. Um, Man, and Kong just goes on destroying her. She does a hair mare. Uh, and Ariel, though, she she's getting those little like moments where you feel like she might actually come back, which was really cool. Um, but like she couldn't do it because Kong was kicking her ass too much. But she, she, she you had those moments that she was like not out of it. Um, then she went for like a sunset flip, and Kong goes to uh, just keeps crushing her. Uh, crush, crush, crush. Um, <laughs> Um, let's see, Ariel goes for Tornado Bulldog, and then she gets lariated again, um, and then, uh, Kong comes back, she does a fresh Crusher, but Ariel actually kicks out, uh, and the crowd's, like, kind of going nuts at that point, uh, and then Kong, finally, she goes for the power bomb to just end it, but, uh, we get a fucking, uh, Rana, uh, counter by Ariel, that gets her a two, um, and then she does, like, a, a wheelbarrow roll-up? for two uh that was a really big near fall that was really cool she goes for the cutter uh but then eats like a big back fist <laughs> but ariel's too close to the rope so she didn't get the win so uh we continue the uh kong versus referee storyline here as she she basically just destroys the referee with a power bomb and gets dq'd uh and then the we, we it gets noted that she is actually fined and suspended for this and ariel wins by dq um, I gave this seven and a half stars. I thought this was awesome. But uh, what did, what were your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, roughly. Uh, yeah, no, this this fucking ruled so much. Like even when they came out, like it's, you know, my first thought was, wow, Kong is so over. Like she, like it can't be said enough. She really was. Um, and then my second thought was, fucking yeah, Kong versus Ariel. Like, like I, is that a I match when we it. first started watching Shimmer that you would have like ever thought about? 
but like no like like not even after like the first few shows but i think like the longer the more we see of ariel like the more i enjoy her like because she's just this plucky underdog but she's also so fucking stiff and we'll just lay shit in and i was just like yeah i need to see kong fuck her up like this rules and yeah it just ruled like you said i i yeah i can't even uh do much but just uh pretty much just second everything you said like it was so cool but actually uh a funny thing that i noticed was um early after kong clotheslined her out of the ring and started throwing her into the barricade and stuff like kong goes all the way to the back through the curtain <laughs> to grab a chair she comes back out with a chair and then the ref kind of tells her like no you can't use a chair you'll be disqualified and then kong was like oh and then just throws the chair away like it doesn't use it like that was it <laughs> was that for but you know whatever um and then she just went back to beating the shit out of it you know like it just so funny like the test of strength i fucking lost it at like i actually thought kong started it like oh maybe just to be a dick just to be a dick because ariel's like you know like all of two foot seven and so kong just like lifts her hand up for a test of strength and just starts laughing her head off (laughs) she was just ruffling so hard and ariel cannot reach the test of strength and kong is just full-on like, yeah, like, laughing like a maniac. And uh, I, I just lost it. That was so cool. Yeah, and then until Ariel goes up on the turnbuckle, she gets a, a height advantage and then, and then wins it, like, which was funny. So, yeah, and then you just get into the end. Like, you can you could literally feel, like, obviously there was a big stretch of Kong just beating the shit out of her. And then as soon as Ariel started getting these hope spots in, started getting these counters in, like, you could feel her momentum building and building and building. Yeah. Like it was very like, boom, she's just, she's counted this. Oh, now she's counted that. Now she's hit. This. Like it just kept building and building and you could feel the crowd getting more and more into it by the second. And then by the time you get down the stretch, they are going apeshit for Ariel and chanting for Ariel. When, like we said, like it cannot be stressed enough how over Kong was with the crowd when she came out here. And by the end of this match, the crowd is just going apeshit for Ariel um, to beat her. And it just, it, it was so cool and it worked so well. And yeah, and then you get to the finish. And I mean, like I found the finish odd, like in um, sort of at face value, because like when, I guess to sort of, it was mainly just to put over like the idea of Shimmer as like the real, you know, straight lace wrestling company where we don't do you know, bullshit ref bumps and all that sort of stuff because well, we don't I really think it continues on. Cause remember, uh, when she faced, um, Sarah Del Rey, uh, she disputed the finish cause like the referee yeah. counted her down. So I think yeah, it's like and a continuation I, on that too. I think, yeah, because, it, and it wasn't until like, thank you for saying that when in your review, cause until you said that I hadn't actually put that together. Like, but now that you say that, it's like, yeah, you're right. Kong clearly like, you know, is having an issue with the referees and she's going to get out of control. So yeah. Um, it just like when, when you have someone come out and say, you're fine, you're suspended, you know, it's, it sounds like a way to write someone off, but as far as I can tell, they're not writing her off. It just, you know what I mean? Cause obviously she has to come back for her big match with Laurel Ali. So that, you know, <laughs> um, that's important. Oh my God. Kong's just been fined and suspended and lost by disqualification. She's going to murder Laurel Ailey. <laughs> she might be back before then. 
Um, Holy, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um. So yeah, I yeah I found it weird. And so like you said, until I until I put that together, what you said about Kong sort of having issues with the refs and and not they're not being able to control her and stuff. Like I that actually makes sense. Um. But yeah, so it just but the yeah the the match as a whole, just the way it it sort of built to this crescendo and Kong just beat the shit out of her and Ariel just kept coming back, coming back, coming back. That And then the moment where, like, she finally hit the spinning back fist but she's just too close to the ropes and just gets a, you know, foot of the ropes. It's like, oh, like, that was such a good near fall. And, and like, at that point I was literally wondering, like, fuck, how are they going to get out of this? You know what I mean? Like, she just – like, I don't want her to lose at this point, you know, but mm-hmm. you can't just beat Kong. So it just – and then they did the ref – finish um yeah and I think but I also I think the way that they handled um the finish itself was a really good way like to stress the fact that that's serious you can't touch a referee or we're gonna fuck your shit up like you know this isn't WWE we're not gonna have ref bumps and you know all that kind of bullshit like because like the one time it happens they're like whoa fuck off you're you're suspended like you can't you know you can't do that so I think it was like the right tone for them to, you know, to play, like to handle that when, when you do something like that, because you can do it sparingly and it's really effective like here, because now it's like Kong is attacking refs. She's out of control, you know, because, because nobody touches them in Shima. So, yeah. So just, yeah, very, very interesting. And like, honestly, I, like, I would watch this back. Like I could watch them run this back and do a second match because Kong obviously hasn't, beaten her um, clean. Like, technically, Ariel has a win over Kong now. Yeah. Um, which is fucking cool because the only other one is uh, is Del Rey from that title match. So, yeah, nice little nice little bit of shine for Ariel, um, which is cool. So, yeah, I, like, I'm with you. I enjoyed the hell out of this. Yeah. Um, but, man, another great match follows that. Um, this, this show actually, as we go through it, uh, it there's a lot of great matches. This show will. Um, but this next match is uh, Mercedes Martinez making her return, because we, we've been missing her, defeating Wesna Buzik, the Croatian Panther, who's making her debut in 1235. Um, well, what's your thoughts on this one? Right. Well, my main thought is that, holy, thank God, Mercedes Martinez is back. Yes. Because, like... How much, like, how much depth does she bring back to, like, the top of this card? Like, it, you know, just crazy. So glad that she's back. The crowd loved it. You know, they chanted welcome back. Like, they were so happy as well. Um, I think everybody was. Um, she was wearing these really weird shoes that look like clown shoes. But, I mean, <laughs> apart from that, very happy to see her. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and then this match. Um, yeah, it was sort of more of a Mercedes match than, than sort of everything else on the card. Um, very, very hard hitting, very stiff. Lesna, we had the big, was that someone you've ever heard I of don't, or seen I, before? I've definitely heard of. I don't believe I've ever seen a West Busick match before. Me so, neither. Uh, she's someone I've heard a lot about. Like, I guess in like Germany and stuff, she's like, like WXW there. She's like been one of their, their mainstays for a long time. So I was, I was excited to see her and um, going against Mercedes is like, <laughs> who else do you want to see anyone against really? Cause she, she's the best. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think it was a good matchup 
to introduce Wes and Busiek because, like, like you said, like they match up really well. They're both hard hitting. Like the same way that um, way back when when they had Lefisto come in and face Mercedes. Yeah. Like same. that was like a really good sort of style matchup as well. So yeah. So this is yeah. This is a stiff fest. They do the big um, the big pure style like opening where they just hit each other with forearms, take turns hitting each other and no selling and, you know, back and forth and hitting the, were they, I think they were hitting suplexes and no selling and coming back. I can't remember. Um, you know, there was, there was forearms, uh, and then there were uh, forearms. Yeah. And then there was a bunch of shoulder tackles that no one would. Oh, the tackles. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So they tackle each other, they no sell it, you know, and then the other one does one and back and forth, like really big, um, you know, sort of stiff, no selling open. Um, yeah. And then we get into, yeah, this match. Yeah. Just really stiff. I, I don't know that I liked as much as you from the sounds of it. Um, like wasn't it I thought like was fine. Um, you know, like she had, she threw a lot of power moves in, like she obviously, like she's pretty, um, pretty tall, pretty solid. Um, and you know, had some stiff strikes, had some like power moves. Um, yeah, and then you have Mercedes, who obviously, like, is awesome. Like, she's just, like, stupid stiff. Like, just so good. I popped uh, when she did the regal stretch. Yeah, yeah. Um, which ruled, which is, like, Mercedes should be doing the regal stretch. Like, that's that's great. Um, I don't, like, I don't remember seeing her do it before. I'm sure she has. I just haven't, you know, remembered that she does it before. So, yeah, I popped for that. Um, yeah, I thought, and then Mercedes, like, sort of came back and just started doing her big, uh, her big moves, the throw off the top, like the three suplexes in a row thing, you know, and, um, yeah, and then hits a sort of Sado suplex, Fisherman's Buster combo to win. Like, I thought, like, I thought it was pretty good, like, pretty, like, stiff and hard hitting. And like I said, I think it, it helps because that sort of makes it stand out from the rest of the card um, when they're working that stiff. Um, it might just not be my favorite style of match. Um but, yeah, I think the main thing I took away from it was, like, it's so good to have Mercedes back because she rules. Even in this, she rules. Like, and I think – and one thing I really liked as well about this was uh, Danger during this match uh, really took a lot of time to credit um, the early Mercedes and Del Rey matches for actually creating a buzz for Shimmer, like, for putting them on the map on the indie scene. Um which was cool and really just puts over how important um, it is to have Mercedes around. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really good to have her back again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had this uh, slightly above the, the Kong uh, aerial match. Wow, really? um, this was a very much like um, a, a Finley Regal type match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they're, yeah, they're I'll definitely each pay other. That. Like it's yeah. not like the most epic you know, type of match, but like every little thing they do is so good and so stiff, uh, and everything's so vicious. Um, it might've just hit me in the right way that I was, you know, I haven't seen a, a good stiff, vicious, uh, match between two people in a while. So, um, but yeah, this, this, this built to that, uh, very well. And, um, as you said, Mercedes getting, uh, the big win in her return. Um, and yeah, I just think a, a really like well built, stiff, solid match where they're they're throwing great suplexes and uh, great submissions and everything just looks really good and snug. Um, so if you like that type of match, it, it, it was definitely a good version of that. And yeah, afterwards, 
Becky mm. Bayless comes to the ring and she she's she's like, Hey Mercedes, how you doing? And Mercedes just basically says, If I wasn't injured I'd be champion. I'm the only one who's beaten Sarah Del Rey. You know, basically give me the belt. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know fair fair points, I think. Which is yeah, which is true. Um and yeah, it definitely it sort of worked out good in a way, like obviously not good for Mercedes, but good sort of storyline wise that Del Rey has the belt and is still, you know, undefeated and now, well, technically undefeated since that loss. Um, and now you have Mercedes walking back in now that Del Rey's champion and she can say that she's the only one that's beaten her and it just gives it an instant, like, you know, instant matchup. So yeah, I'm keen to see this when they do that again. Yeah, for sure. And we have another epic match here. We have Sarah Stock uh, defeating Lacey in 1739. Um, man, so Lacey with Rain and Jetta just standing there insulting the crowd. Um, I think that's that's when you talk about squad goals right there. Like that's who you want to be. You want to be the international home wrecking crew, <laughs> like just the fucking coolest. Um, and then like, you know, the referee goes wants to check Lacey for weapons, but she doesn't allow it, and she she gets her crew to check her out for weapons. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, continuing the saga of uh, of Lacey versus being checked by the ref. Um, yeah, the heels came in and did it did it for him, which was yeah pretty funny. <laughs> so that was a great start. So I was already hyped for this, um, but then you know we get into a match and it's it's actually like a a lot of great mat exchanges early on. It's like very high paced. Uh, it's so high paced that Lacey even like takes a break to drink a break to drink some water, and I like like that's such a a touch that not enough wrestlers do, like. You watch sports. I watch sports. People fucking have to take a drink. It's an athletic contest. And like 99.9% of wrestlers never take a break to have a drink of water during a match. <laughs> Makes no sense. It's true, but it's like, and it, and to, to build on that, it's like, it's such a great sort of, like for someone who's such an over the top heel, it's such a great subtle move where like, Lacey is just so, you know, I guess, I don't even know how to, you know, call it, like, self-centered maybe, like, you know, that she she is just going to take water out there and just drink it in the middle of a match when she wants to. Like, you know, like, match be damned. You know, <laughs> she's just going to make her own break and to have a drink of water when it's like no other wrestlers have to stop and drink water, you know, but she, you know, decides she has to. So it's just... It's if like yeah, like I said, like for someone like Lacey, it's actually a very subtle touch, but it's still kind of like, you know, the slightest dick move kind of thing possible. <laughs> but you know, she still has to do it. Like, yeah, it just yeah. Um, uh, and then we get back to the match, and like yeah, um, Stock goes for a missile dropkick, but but Lacey gets control from that point. Uh, she gets a camel clutch and like makes Stock tap by like, you know, moving her arm. <laughs> in a very dick move. Uh, she's still in control. She takes, you know, drinks some more water. Um, <laughs> so that's another break. Uh, then Stock gets some hope spots, but Lacey's still in control. Um, man, she does a fucking Russian leg sweep into the ring post. 
and just works on her back. Like she's working on her back most of the match. Uh, and then Stock gets her comeback, and we go to a hot finish where like uh, they each go for their finishers, and it's countered, and eventually the DDT uh, gets countered and, and turned into a Tiger Driver, and Stock uh, gets another big win. Um, and the, this built really well throughout, and Stock sold over back well while Lacey worked on it, and Lacey's you know the perfect heel uh, and one of the greatest wrestlers ever. So uh, this was a very enjoyable match to me. Yeah, me yeah, no me too, for sure. I feel like and I think it's harder as well because I don't know when exactly it's coming, but I know Lacey is not long for this world, for the world of wrestling. Um and so I think I'm at the point now we're into two thousand eight, I'm at the point where like it's almost like it's almost distracting for me because in the back of my mind I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know how much longer Lacey is gonna be around. And I'm like I'm trying to enjoy it, but I'm also like I can't enjoy it because I'm upset about it. Like it's, you know, one of those things, like it's too distracting Um, because yeah, but like I was, like I said, I was really mad in the beginning when I thought Lacey wasn't wrestling. And then I was so relieved when she came out here and was like getting like the semi-main singles match. Um, So yeah, I feel like I was really happy. Some information. Do I, 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 maybe I need to prepare myself. All right. Are you sitting down? Yes. All right, so outside of a later appearance, volume 18 is her last match. Fuck. She does appear as a manager of the International Home Wrecking Crew, so we still get her. Yeah. But. Oh, man. See, that's like that's literally like upsetting to me. I'm upset now. I know. But I'm glad you told me so that I've like prepared for when I watch volume 18. This is her last big singles match. Yeah, like that's wow. Well, that, that's what I mean. Like I, I, I now stress even more that I'm at least glad that she got this long singles match before, before she stopped wrestling because like wow, like, what if? But yeah, so yeah, like you said, just yeah, just a really good match because it's funny. Like by the time they actually got into the match, like obviously they still had all the, the big heelish stuff before the match, um, especially when they came out. Like and again, like like Lacey got on the mic and was like if you're ugly, you can't cheer for me, you know, like, and all this, because like the crowd was cheering for her and cheering for them. And they were just trying so hard all, all show to try and turn the crowd back against them. Um, you know, which, you know, God bless them for trying, but they were just too over at this point. But luckily Sarah stock is another one who just came out and was just ridiculously over. Um, so luckily had enough, uh, baby face heat, um, to go against Lacey. Um, yeah, but then once they get into the actual match, like, Lacey isn't really doing a lot of, you know, over-the-top stuff. Um, it was just a really good, solid wrestling match, um, which, and again, I think it's, especially for people who aren't familiar with, uh, you know, Lacey's work in the ring, um, and maybe just know her as this heel, or maybe know her from Ring of Honor and stuff, like, it's not the thing you think of with Lacey, but, like, she has fucking brought it in the ring, especially like the last couple of years, um, sort of, especially leading into the title tournament. And since then, like she has just been on fire. Um, and I've just been enjoying Lacey in the ring so much. So yeah, this is really, really good. Um, yeah. And then, and yeah, Sarah stock gets her back worked over, which was really good. Lacey's always really good in control. So that was, you know, good stuff. Like I didn't feel Sarah stocks comeback as much. Like, 
it just it didn't have that kind of momentum to me. Like she just sort of gradually just started doing more moves where like you look at someone like Daisy who can really like make a big baby face comeback like this. It didn't feel like that to me, but like she just sort of, you know, got some offense back and they just started hitting some big moves. Um, but I, re- I really like the finish. I really like the finish where they um, had that back and forth dance kind of thing until Sarah finally nailed the tiger driver and won. Um, which again, like I think Lacey does really good finishes in that style, like sort of that kind of, they're very even, they're back and forth and it's just sort of someone has to hit, grab a decisive move and hit it. And so, yeah, I really like that about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, honestly, just a, a really good, good match. And if that is actually Lacey's last, you know, singles match, um, you know, it was really good, a really good way to go out. Last singles match of her career. That is crazy. She was Man, too good for wrestling. She was too good for wrestling. Too good for all of us. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to need some time. She was just doing time. this as like a fucking hobby. <laughs> like a literal weekend warrior. <laughs> yeah. Like this, <laughs> you know, she, this wasn't her career. She wasn't trying to like make it. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, we're, like we've we've already done this so much, but like we're clearly going to have to have the the lacy postmortem when after she's finished. Well, she has wrestling. one more match on volume seventy nine. Yeah. Like, out of yeah, nowhere, she, after not wrestling for five years. <laughs> yeah, just as an appearance, yeah. But I think, yeah, after the next show, I guess, like, when she has her last match, she, we're just going to have to, you know, deconstruct this, because, like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Speaking of holy shit, the main event. <laughs> uh, Cage Match has uh, voted it as uh, eight stars. Um, so that's that's good for them. But we have Cheerman and Melissa and Mischief defeating the Dangerous Angels of Alice in Danger and Sarah Del Rey at 24-45 in what might be the best match in the history of Shimmer uh, at, to this point of our watching. And in a match where Alice in Danger broke her fucking collarbone. I don't know if you knew that part. She fucking what, mate? She broke her collarbone in this match. No, I did not know that. That's fucked. Yeah. Uh, I'm not wonder, sure where, if it was the air crash where. at the end, or if it was another spot, but, yeah. Wow, that, Jesus. Yeah, no, I did not know that, and I could not tell tell that during the match, so fucking, Jesus. Gnarly. Yeah. Was, 20, 24 minutes. 24.45. Like, it it did not, it did not feel like a 25-minute match, and I'm and I say that in a good way. Yeah. Like. It like this flew by if that was twenty five minutes. Yeah. Wow. I know this match rules. <laughs> it did. It did rule. <laughs> um, um, well, let's just see. So Danger doesn't wrestle again until July. Um, like overall. Yeah. Right. I was going to say that wouldn't even be the next super taping. So luckily, it is the next super taping. <laughs> is it? <laughs> There you go. She she broke her collarbone and made it back for the next taping. So that's the kind of timeline we're dealing with here. <laughs> so I don't feel bad about our recording schedule. <laughs> it makes it does really make us feel better, doesn't it? It totally does. Um, but yeah, this match is awesome. Why don't you uh, let it? Let what's your thoughts? Oh yeah, I'll I'll start us off because like I just remember when they came out. Like first of all, I laughed because I don't know if you remember this, but um. 
Danger teamed with Serena D once on like a previous volume yeah. and was like, they were like such a good team and they were so excited. And then as soon as somebody mentioned, like Prezak mentioned possible tag titles, Danger was full on like, oh my God, imagine my team with Sarah Del Rey winning the tag titles. <laughs> <laughs> It was the next match yeah, <laughs> when she was on commentary. On. Yeah, and I was like, wow, like the game is cold, man, because she <laughs> she literally just dropped her for, like, you know, the champion of the world. Um, yeah, so now we have uh, Danger and Del Rey as the apparently dangerous angels. Good name. Uh, yeah, in this thing, and, and we have the team of Mischief and Melissa back out again. Um, Without Daphne. Without Daphne, thank God. I guess Daphne's um, been eaten they, by a shark. Yeah, and has and has become that shark. Or she jumped the shark. And, What's oh. the joke to go for here? Look, I you're gonna have to work on that on your own. <laughs> I'll, I'll storyboard that. Um. Yeah. You can workshop that. Um, yeah, uh, I think this is just uh, karma for me because the minute that I said Mischief and Melissa aren't a tag team, they've only teamed once. What are you talking about? They've literally teamed up like every taping since, so that's that's on me. Um, but then we get this match and it ruled. So I just I was so excited for Melissa to come out here and have a main event um, because I just I want her to have everything, uh, and she basically had everything in this match. So. Oh my god, it just ruled. Like even just early on, like I can't remember who was doing it. Um I think judging from my notes, it was Danger and Mischief, uh, who were starting out early. And even just this rolling cradle that they did really early on when they just started grappling, like it really it looked like a struggle. It didn't look like a rolling cradle where they just get together and roll around in a circle. It looked like they were trying to like move position and get on top and try and pin someone. Like it looked really good. So that was like the first little thing I noticed about this match. Um uh Mischief does the scream and Danger takes a bump for it. Uh which I always love because that's that's how you have to She went and she hugged to... Sarah Delray. And needed a hug, exactly. So, you know, that was really good shit. And then Delray and Melissa tag in. Yes. And then this thing jumps about five levels. Oh um, which is just so good, because they just start wrestling, and it's just so fucking good, you know, like just basic, you know, grappling arm stuff. Like, And then Delray, like, gets her arm worked over a little bit, so then... At some point, she slaps on a chin lock, like a Randy Orton chin lock, with her good arm, so that then she can sit there and like and stretch out her bad arm that like yeah. Melissa had like had worked on while she's got Melissa in this chin lock. Like it was just the smartest thing I've ever seen. So good. And then they just start punching on. <laughs> like holy shit! They just like it just devolves into this fight, and they just start banging away at each other, and it jumps up another like ten levels. Um, you know, in intensity, it was just so good. Like they just started wailing on each other, and it got really nasty. They end up like in the. Uh, I think Melissa ends up in her guard, or no, Delray ends up in Melissa's guard, if that makes sense. Um, and then they're like sitting up in this guard. They're like forearming each other. Like Delray's forearming the shit out of her. Melissa is like no selling, fighting, spiriting. You know, please sir, can I have another? You know while she's still in this guard getting punched in the face. And then until the point where Derry is just like, fuck this, it just headbutts her, um, <laughs> you know, which works because that like knocks Melissa out. And then 
Del Rey, he's like selling the exhaustion of like hitting her with his headbutt. And then the ref is counting because technically Del Rey is like on top of Melissa, even though they're both just like laying out. Like it's just, you know, and it was just so good. Like I, I just, I love them together so much. This, this ruled so much and I need this match. And then, um, eventually mischief tag back in and like you know the spell is broken but the match just you know continues well, at that still point just... she be- mischief began to face in peril and like sarah del rey so... and danger yeah, it... were doing like heel distraction spots yeah like i literally like was about to say like it's so weird because yeah mischief is like in peril the the angels as i'll call them um yeah start like double teaming start taking the ref and i'm just sitting here going like is this the same allison danger that is like on a religious crusade against rule breaking like what the fuck it was just the but weirdest now there's part tag the titles that she can win yeah with her new best friend um fuck the Ray. rules if you can win a title <laughs> like it's just it's so funny it's like a little you know like Triple H moment from her, which it's still quite funny. Um, but yeah, and then in, even in all this, uh, Del Rey uh, runs over and hits a cheap shot on Melissa, who's standing on the apron yeah. as well. Like, That's one of my favorite okay. spots in wrestling is when uh, when you hit the the partner off the apron and then continue to work on the, the person in the ring. I love that every time. It's like, it's something that like a tag match needs, but like not enough people these days like do it or do it well. You know what I mean? Like, because you hit them off and the baby face comes back in and the ref's like, what are you doing in the ring? Get out. And then they could double team. And then you have like, you know, and then you just change it up and keep building on that in so many ways. Like, it's so, it's so basic, but it's like, it's something you, you really, you know, you need to do and to, to just get into. Like, it just, yeah, tag team wrestling, man. Um, but yeah, so this, yeah, this, yeah, the angels have taken over. Um, and yeah, and it's just it gets really weird for a second, and then um, and then Allison Danger eats the turnbuckle for lunch, um, just absolutely, yeah, devours it. Like I don't even know if that's where she got hurt. Um, then yeah. Mischief does her uh, her bigger uh, stomps in the corner, uh, onto her back, in that setup, and then oh my god, right, uh, there's a point. So yeah, so Danger and Mischief are in the ring. From the apron, I'm sure it was Del Rey who yelled to the other side of the ring at Melissa, you're just a cheerleader. (laughs) And everyone in the crowd just went, ooh. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, she's going to fuck you up. And then, um, then, yeah, Melissa gets back in the ring and just fucking goes after Del Rey. And when, uh, yeah, and she gets in the ring and she's, she's beating up danger. Right. And the entire time she's like destroying danger. She's, she's like, uh, she's just calling out to, uh, Sarah Del Rey. Like, fuck you. Get in this ring. I'm going to kick the shit out of danger until you get in this ring. Uh, Oh my God. Yeah. Just the whole time. Just going after her. Oh my God. And then they both get in the ring. And, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. Also, there was a point in this where um the the uh, the M's, as I have called them in my notes, um do uh, this like double team where like mischief has the crab on and then Melissa comes in, um, and puts another submission on with the arms like at the same time on danger and then Del Rey just fucking walks in and like headbutts Melissa and like this fucking shit is on again, and like. 
the crowd is like full on like cheering for Melissa and chanting for Melissa at this point. Like they want to see her and Del Rey like fucking go. And it's just I have it's a point so from, good. Uh, some, from my friend Daniel who was watching Shimmer at the time and like following out really closely. Uh, and he postulates that this was the match where cheerleader Melissa really like became the heart of Shimmer. And yeah, well, it feels can, like that, eh? It it does. You can like literally again. It's like the other match we were talking about. Like you can feel it happening in real time. Like the crowd is just like, yeah, like just want to see them go at it, and you just see them getting behind Melissa the more and more as the match goes on. And like, and it's funny, like in hindsight, like so it was actually like the best idea in the world for the angels to sort of turn subtle heel and and work over mischief and become like, you know so that Melissa becomes the baby face, you know, to get the hot tag kind of thing. Like it sort of, it ended up positioning them that way. Whereas like I watched the match and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing cheating? Like, you know, but it sort of, it worked to sort of turn this tide and get everyone like behind Melissa and just fucking frothing for her to get in and fuck shit up. Like so good. I also have a note uh, during this point uh, before the hot tag um, that, uh, that, we have danger in peril, which, you know, <laughs> God, I'm funny. Um, anyway, but then we do get to this, we get to this like double hot tag. And this is one of those moments where like, this is actually a double hot tag because you want Melissa to get this hot tag, but you also want Del Rey to tag in as well so that they can go at it. So like you have the, like the hot tag at the same time, boom, Melissa and Del Rey back in, they start banging again. Like, Boom, boom, boom. Up another 10 levels. Like, it's just so good. Like, Doray makes her, like, work for the Samoan drop. Like, she keeps trying to block it and counter it and stuff. And then finally she hits the Samoan drop. Fucking massive. And she just... Oh, and there was um, a great moment, actually, where Melissa gets the... Oh, what the fuck is her Melissa's submission? Like, the condo clutch, the something or other. Something. Um... I don't even remember. And she put it on sort of like on the angel's side of the ring, but not not too close to the corner. So Danger's standing there in the apron, and she's the whole time Melissa's putting this thing on, she's trying to like swipe at her from the apron. Like she can like she's just out of reach and she keeps like trying to like to grab at her and touch her and stuff, but she like she's just out of reach and then Melissa like just turns around and does the stomp um on it and gets at it. It just like and like Melissa, at the, like at this point, Melissa like, gets into in Delray's face and just goes cheerleader, huh? And bang, slaps her in the face. Like she's like so fucking fired up at this point. Like it's crazy. And then fucking mischief takes it. Like, and I feel bad for mischief because every time I'm just like, oh, and then mischief takes But like, but actually not even because like this finish like. This whole finishing stretch is so good. Like, yeah. you don't even lose anything when Mischief tags in. Like, she... Well, because she comes in and she's this... like a fucking code red. Or code yeah. green, I oh guess. My, oh, she's my mischief. God. Like, <laughs> it just... It was so cool. Yeah, like, she tags in, goes straight for this code green. Del Rey blocks it. Like, while Mischief is, like, you know, swinging in midair. Blocks it. And then grabs Mischief from her back. Pulls her around into the dragon sleeper and then tries going for her fucking like butterfly thing. Yeah. Like tries to like literally turn it into her finish, which was so fucking sick. 
um, like I am just like all capsing it now. Yeah. And then Melissa comes back in to fuck her up, and then it's just like big move after big move. And then Del like Del Rey starts eating some shit, right? Like she eats the air raid crash, she eats the um the desecration from mischief. I think there was another big move. I can't remember. Like uh, say moonsault. Yeah, the moonsault. Fucking just Del Rey is just eating move after move. Boom, boom, boom. Um. The ref sort of gets distracted, and so you get this really dramatic, like, you know, count, ref, count, and comes and counts, and it's, like, like the longest two count in the world. Danger, like, runs in and saves, like, just saves her from all this shit. You know, Delray is, like, dead on the ground. Danger has to drag her back over to the corner and tag herself in. <laughs> yeah, but Melissa comes in at the same time. And then Melissa's <laughs> back in and just fucking stiffs the shit out of her, Bang, air raid crash, and, like, so Melissa pins Danger, wins the match. Like, this thing, yeah, was fucking insane. Like, ugh. I gave yeah. it eight and three quarters. Like, I, I, love, <laughs> I love this. I rate it out of ten for anyone who's who thinks I'm making uh, digs on um, uh, someone named David. I'm not. Um, I just rate it out of ten. But this match was fun. All right, great. I thought I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's good. Um, but yeah, this, this I'd have to go back through my notes, but the, like this might be the best match they've ever had in Shimmer so far up to this point. I yeah, like look, I actually I wouldn't I wouldn't go that high, but like it's it's up there. Like I still think there were like the other matches that. Um, that I still Melissa have at the mischief. top. I, yeah, Melissa Mischief and uh, like my my favorite match is uh, still uh, Delray and Sarah Stock from the tournament. Oh, I was gonna say Delray versus Lacey from the tournament. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I know that was yours too. So like, and that one's up there as well. So like, there's still a couple of matches. Like I don't know that I'd put it up this above them, but like it's like right up there. Yeah. This like, is a must-watch oh match if you haven't seen. And basically, if you, you you look back through our whole review, this is like a, a must-watch show. Yeah, when you think about it, like cause there were there were times like I think like maybe maybe sort of before this main event, like by the end of the the Lacey match, because I was like, yeah, like that match is really good, but like I didn't feel like anything had really like hit four stars yet. If that makes sense, like maybe, like the Kong and Ariel match, I think sort of just would just hit that kind of level. But, like, there wasn't anything that really – but then, like, then you get this, like, massive main event, and then, like, you take the show as a whole. It's like you have this, you have Kong and Ariel, you have the other really, like, solid matches on the undercard. Mercedes. And it's, like, and... Yeah. And it's just, like, actually, this turned out to be a really good show, like, in a way that sort of I wasn't expecting halfway through the show, if that makes sense. Don't you feel so, that every Shiver show, though? I, I think, yeah, but I think – I kind of do. Like, halfway through I, I every Shiver it, show, I'm like, yeah. this is fine, but, like, come on. And then by the end of it, I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think also as well for me watching this show, because like I said, I didn't I didn't know what the card was going in, and there wasn't sort of any specific match that had been, like, sort of built up for this show, because obviously it's a new taping with six months since the last one. Like, they hadn't, like, booked anything to sort of happen on this show, and so I didn't really know – what to expect, like what it was happening going in, you know, there was no title match booked, whatever. And then 
yeah so it just it just kind of happened in front of me so like you said like halfway through you're like oh, okay it's a shimmer show and then by the end I'm like wow that was awesome like you know what I mean like you, you do feel like like that a lot of the time with shimmer um but I think yeah I think especially because I didn't have any sort of explanation uh, explanations expectations or like sort of any matchups in mind going in that it kind of just surprised me a little bit by the end of it um because yeah but I think like yeah the main takeaway from this match like I don't know if you have anything else to add for the main event like but like Melissa like you said you could Um, you could literally see like Melissa becoming like like one of like you know one of the top people in Shimmer like before this match started but like not necessarily having a lot of main events per se like she only had that one you know that one main event with Del Rey back on I think maybe volume nine um and then she just sort of been hanging on the undercard, you know, it was her job to lose to Sarah Stock in the tournament, you know, like kind of thing. Like she was always sort of bumbling on the undercard and she gets this match. And then by the end of this match, you're like, holy shit. Like Melissa is like, you know, my favorite wrestler. She's like the star of the company. She needs to have the title match. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just, it set her up so perfectly. And, and I was already, like I said, like I think I say this every every show we watch, every time we talk, that like I want Melissa to have everything. I want her to do more. I want, you know, I want everything for her. And this was like the moment where like everyone else is feeling that too at the same time. Like the crowd was, you could tell like, you know, that she was just made in this match. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch the next show because the original plan was um, – Mischief versus Sarah Del Rey for the title, and Melissa versus Danger, but uh, Danger's injured, uh, so we're gonna get uh, a card that's changed up a bit. Alrighty, mystery. I like it because yeah, obviously broken collarbone. <laughs> You're not gonna. Yeah, yeah, and I said again, like I don't know exactly where that would have happened because I mean, if it happened during the match, like she fucking soldiered on and did the rest of it, like you would never know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll uh, tell us on the next one. Yeah. That'd be nice. Hey, Dave, if you can time travel back in time, um, I wonder if she could do commentary. Oh, it might be done. The commentary might be done like a year after when they release it. So never mind. (laughs) No, no. What are you talking about? She's sitting there commentating live and then running to the back to get ready for her match. (laughs) Yes, that's true. So actually, now I'm very fascinated about this show. <laughs> if she's on commentary, um, what she's saying? <laughs> she's yeah, on commentary, she's just, so she should probably just be sitting there going, "Oh man, my shoulder, like, fuck it." Anyway, this match. <laughs> <laughs> so very much looking forward to that, and all of you should as well. Um, as we'll return at some point for Volume Eighteen. Um, I know, Stacy, you've been. Busy, but is there anything you want to shout out in the world? Um, no, not particularly. Um, like, this is pretty much at this point, this is my only remaining tie to wrestling. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm hanging on to the Any Shimmer Hurstory podcast. to promote or anything? With this is there Australian uh, something we can support? Oh, I don't know. Just pray for us because we are still, well, um, I live in Sydney. Uh, we are in the middle of lockdown. 
as a re- as a result of the old COVID uh, flaring up again uh, before we're all vaccinated, because uh, we are not vaccinated. Uh, so yeah, we're all just sitting at home, bored out of our minds. Uh, so yeah, hopefully by the <laughs> hopefully by the time we release this, I will be out of lockdown. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? So yeah, I just. Uh, yeah, as always, I think we should just uh, promote the fact that we are on the uh, Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network and to please everyone check out all the great shows on there. I think we have a great little uh, corner of the wrestling world here where we really get into some interesting shows and have the most interesting uh wrestling fans and wrestling minds talking about them. And it's just, yeah, a lot of content to enjoy um, you know, if you love wrestling as much as we do, um, including our so, sister podcast, the, uh, the our sister, the years. yes, our sisters in podcasting through the years who I always enjoy. Um, they're up to the, uh, again, being topical, they're up to the original summer of punk run as we record this, which is very fascinating to go through. Yeah. As uh, CM Punk returns to wrestling, I hope he does now. This is going to sound really stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> past tense. It's probably already like gone and then walked out by the time we release this, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> That's true. He had enough. Um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, the only thing I would like to promote: um, greatest wrestler ever starting up again. Uh, we'll be voting again in twenty twenty six. So that might have passed by the time this podcast comes out. Hopefully not. Um, but if it, <laughs> we're before 2026, um, there's a Discord where we're uh, doing weekly watch parties on different candidates. It's a lot of fun and a lot of good discussions going on there. Uh, Pro Wrestling Only, um, where the Podnest Network came from, that forum um, also has discussions. So uh, join in. You know, who, who's your favorite wrestler ever? Uh, who's, who's the greatest wrestler ever? Um, you know, make your case. There'll be a vote eventually. So. Um, start prepping for that uh and they'll eventually uh it, it's been well planned but the the a podcast to go along with that um but uh, you know life makes podcasts slow <laughs> so that's a thing indeed uh, stacy let's uh let's end the podcast okay let's do it we'll see you guys next time <laughs>